0: Amen. Hallelujah. The Golden State Steph Curries. I mean Warriors. Um, has anybody ever been distracted before? Anybody in the room, everybody? Show of hands. Who's in here has been distracted before? Oh, that's everybody. Okay. Uh, how many here get how many people in here get easily distracted? Like easily distracted. Like you hear a noise in the kitchen and, and you gotta go see what it was. Easily distracted. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you get easily distracted. I am the type of person. Where I seem at times to get easily distracted, uh, growing up in my household, and, and and my household was always Christian based. But uh, Reggie Steele, this is before he was pastor. This was Reg. Um, he wasn't always saved, and and he had a little bit of some problems and some troubles. And I knew he was crazy because he 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 acted certain ways at certain things, and I noticed that he had a certain type of demon on him from about the age, of, from me, with me, from the age of 7 to 12 years old, and this demon was a sports demon. Um, my father encouraged us and he still does today. Steals are athletes. The Lord has blessed us with speed and you better use it. You better be fast. You better be able to catch. Coordination is everything. And if you can't do that, you go to hell. Not really, but I'm just saying like this, this is how important it was in our household. Like you're an athlete or you're nothing. You know what I mean? You're either an athlete or you better be a good preacher. You got to pick one of the two, right? Uh, So yeah, that's all steals are. Athletes, barbers, and preachers. That's just what what we do, right? So Growing up, I had a little bit of an eating problem. I've told this story before. I've, I've kind of, you know, I like I liked Big Macs, and I like pizza, and I liked everything else that was good with mayo and everything else, and butter, and it was great. And so this affected my performance in the different sports that I played. The only sport I was really good at between the age of 7 and 12 was basketball. I had a jumper, y'all. I still do. If anybody want to see me in the parking lot in the back later, I still got a jumper. But back in the day, I had a jumper. And uh, so my dad would put me in different leagues and everything, and he would get me in different leagues. But the issue was this. If I was ever having a bad game, there was no Mercy. The mercy you experience from Jesus is sovereign and it's great and it's beautiful and it's new every morning. But, yeah, with him, you miss a shot, you get a turnover, you get a steal, you look at him, and he's like, bruh. You know what I mean? There's no mercy in his category. And I, there were certain games where if I had a bad first half, like I still remember one game, I was, I was coming off, the, they had just did the opening tip off. And I get the ball and I'm dribbling down the court and I go to pass it to who I think is my teammate. And it turns out it's the referee. The referee goes like this, blows the whistle, points the other way. And he looks at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't, you, you got on white and black. Are we wearing gray. It was just, you went fast. So it looked gray. Anyway, and so uh, he, he, he kind of moves out the way and I look at my dad and he's, ah, <sighs> right. And I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. Here comes the demon. Right. And so. I'm playing. I'm missing some shots. I get my shot blocked. I get some turnovers. And now, what he would do, and most of you in here can probably uh, compare yourself to the situation. We would have halftime pep talks. How many of us in here had a daddy that would have halftime pep talks with you? And uh, our pep talks were not like "You can do it. You're all right. You're straight." It was "What you doing?" Are you a steal or not? And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. I'm adopted. Like, what is, uh, did you have me? Like, are you my dad? Like, you're not my dad. Like, I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on. And, and so I would see uh, different different times in my life where the halftime pep talks would come because I could feel them coming miss a few shots, get a few turnovers or whatever, and I would be able to see him about to walk. As I'm going out with my team, I would always try not to look at him, but I would feel him coming. Come on now. M- Mom and dads have that anointing where we can hear y'all and feel y'all coming. Like, I, just something will rail up. Even now, I'll do something stupid, and i look for my parents like, man, I'm grown. What am I doing? I'm going to chill. <laughs> chill out. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, I went through this stage, and so uh, I remember him pulling me out at halftime, and As he walks, he has like the same angry walk where he kind of sticks his his chest out and he puts his hand back. I don't know why, that's just his thing. He just kind of like walks, right? (laughs) And as I'm with my team, he's like, coach is talking to us, Zay, Zay, Zay. And I'm like, huh, he's come here. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Like I was always afraid he was gonna hit me, but he never did, but he verbally beat me, right? And so. (laughs) He would go off, and this is back when he wasn't all the way, he cussed me out sometimes, and I'd be crying at halftime, and he would always tie my shoes. I don't know why. He would always tie my shoes at halftime, so when he was angry, he'd tie them boys tight. Listen, boy, I need you to get out there and make things happen. You were still right? <laughs> I think so. And so I go out there, and he'd tie my shoes so tight I have no circulation in my toes. I'm setting screens and rolling off picks, hurting, can't feel my feet. And so uh, I remember one game. I was having a terrible game. He went off of me at halftime. I came back out at halftime, finished the game terrible. I cried in the car. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you're going to cry in the car. I cried in the car, and I remember telling my mom, I hate that. I hate him. I hate him so much. And my mom's like, you tripping? You want some French toast sticks? I'm like, yes. (laughs) And so... As time would go on, we'd always go to Jack in the Box back in the day. As time would go on, this one game, he's going off on me at halftime, and I'm, I'm messed up, and I come out, and my coach grabs me, and he's like, hey, I know your dad just went off on you, but don't listen to him. So in my head, I'm like, I, I grew up in a Christian home. you telling me to be disobedient? You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're not saved. Hello, right? <laughs> <And> so... Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, I shall live and not die if I, you know, declare the works of the Lord, right? So uh, he goes, don't listen to him. Don't let him distract you anymore. You go play your game, do the best you can do. And so I was like, all right. I went out there and bawled out. From that day on, we would have pep talks, but I'd be fake listening. Just know this, parents, sometimes your teenager will fake listen to you. And when you say all the right things, it's kind of like when you're talking to that annoying person on the phone, what do you do? What? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. hmm Wow. <laughs> what? No way. You, you and you playing Xbox or so you cooking. What? Oh my goodness. What? Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I go to that point where I would hear him. I know what I got to do. Like I figured out what I have to do and I did not let him distract me anymore. See, you do a lot better when you focus on just doing you and not listening to the opinions of others. Now, I know this is my father, and I know his opinion matters to me, but there's certain battles in your life that you have to go through on your own. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what anybody tries to put on you or tell you what to do. you got to say, listen, I was made for this. I was born for this. I served the Most High God. I'm good. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm good. I'm good. So today we're talking about distraction. It's crazy. The, uh, the, in the medieval times, when they would torture people, they would do this one thing. It was called quartering. And what they would do is they would tie uh, ropes to your hands and your legs, and they would have four horses, and they'd tell the horses to go. and You split apart. You break apart. It was called quartering. In France, they called this distraction. Distraction. How many of us have been so distracted that you feel like you're getting pulled so many different ways in your life, that you're about to break, you're about to fall short, you're about to miss your destiny, miss your purpose because of distractions? There's so many people of of us in this room right now where you look back and you're like, why did I date her? She was crazy. Crazy. And why did I date her again after we broke up? Why did I date him again after why did I try again? There's so many of us in here that have different regrets and different struggles because distractions come along. How many of us know that distraction is of the devil? Amen. And today we're gonna put our foot on his throat and in his chest and let him know that we will not be distracted anymore. Look at your neighbor and say, Death to distraction. Death to distraction. So today we're going to be talking about three ways to defeat distraction in your life. And I hope you're taking notes. Three ways to defeat distraction in your life. Number one, pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. The definition of discernment. The ability to see and understand people, things, or situations clearly, and peep this, intelligently. Intelligently. Are you smart? You got to ask yourself that question. I'm not talking book smart. I'm not talking about what your GPA was in high school or college. But I'm talking about, are you smart? Do you have common sense? Do you allow any old person to come into your life and rent space in your head? Do you allow people to come into your life and you invite them in your house and don't even care, haven't even done a background check about them or anything? You've got to have discernment when it comes to certain situations. Because we all go through different times of discernment, whether it's with people we hang out with, the friendships that we make. And, 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 and you see, when Jesus, when he, when the, at the beginning of Mark chapter 5, they said that Jesus approached the seaside, and there was a crowd waiting for him. Jesus always worked in crowds. He'd always work in crowds. And if you ever read the scriptures, and you read different stories that he's, that he's been through, and that, that, that men have lived to tell, is whenever no matter how big the crowd was there was always a calmness about Jesus there was almost there was always like a peace about Jesus we live crowded lives we got church family work kids uh, all kinds of different things. You got your phone. You hold something in your pocket right now or in your hand right now where you can find out anything that's happened in the universe uh, since the beginning of time because you can just hit that Safari app and see what in the world is going on in the world. You got Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all kinds of stuff, MySpace, if you're still on there, holla at your boy. Um, you see all these different things in your life and you have to discern what things are good for me. Come on now, what, what are you looking at? What is going through your eye gate? Or should you be looking at that certain thing? Oh, come on now, that hurts. Oh, come on now, there's certain things that you can't even see because you might have a slip up and want to go back to doing what you were doing. You've got to have discernment in your decision making. And I don't care how old you are, there, there's, there's always room for growth and i believe as you grow discernment will begin to grow you have to mature though to see that discernment cuz there's some decisions that i made in high school i'm like what was i thinking i was so dumb there's there's certain decisions that i've made in my 20s i'm like what was i thinking i was so dumb But when you find Jesus and you pray and you ask him for discernment, I believe that he will bless you with that thing because it's already on the inside of you. You just have to open up the gift that he's given you already. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you have to have discernment. You got to have discernment. You got to be able to discern certain things. I've I've grown grown up in the church and I've been in certain meetings with my father and seen him make certain decisions. But there was this one time this man comes to the church and he's an older man and he says, I want to work with the youth." And right away I'm like, dude, you're like 75, what are you doing, we love you, but come on now, bro. And he's like, I wanna work with the youth. And and my dad was like, what do you wanna do? He goes, well, I just wanna work with the young boys. I I specialize in having sleepovers and talking about the Lord. And I remember, I'm in high school at this point, so I'm like, wait a minute. Where do you live, first of all, and why? You know what I'm saying? and I remember my dad being like, oh, wow, okay, okay, man. It's all right. Well, let me pray about it, and I'll get back to you. And, and he leaves, and I'm looking at dad like, daddy, don't make me go to his house. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? And, and he's like, Zay, now you know that ain't happening. <laughs> Discernment. <laughs> Discernment, because there are some pastors and there's some leaders out there that will allow their flock to be with anybody. Just because they're excited certain people are involved doesn't mean that certain people should be involved. Come on, look at your neighbor and say discernment. Discernment. If you're good ground, stop allowing people to plant bad seeds in your life. You're working, you're dedicated, you got a good job. Why would you be with him? He's broke, he's terrible, he's ugly. Stop allowing people to use you. Just because you have the answer, you shouldn't surround yourself with a bunch of problems. And that's what a lot of us people will do. Oh, yeah, you can give God a hand praise for that. You can give God a hand praise for that. There's certain things just because you have the answer, just because you have knowledge, just because you have money does not mean people who always have a handout are supposed to be around you all the time. You better get some people that are on your level. Get some people that would let them know, hey, he's a taker, she's a taker. Stay away from them. I know that's your cousin Juju, but Juju needs Jesus. Yeah. You better stay away from Juju. Look at your neighbor and say, stay away from Juju. <laughs> I hope nobody in here named Juju. Oh, my God. Discernment. Yeah. That's number one. You got to have discernment. Number two, ask the Lord to enhance your focus. Look at your neighbor and say, Focus focus. In verse 37 in Mark chapter 5, this is the main point right here. He says, he permitted no one to go in with him except for Peter, James, and John. I ask you today, who is your Peter, James, and John? not just because their names are cool, not just because they're cool cats, but I believe that, that, that Jesus said, I can only have these three in here with me because they are on the same, almost on the same level as me. Like, they are not on my level because I'm Jesus Christ himself, but I know that they were here to pray, they got my back, and they will spiritually be here to hold me up as I raise this child up from the dead. Who is on your same spiritual level? I'm not saying you can't have crazy friends. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if you are or you are in the middle of having some crazy friends, what are you doing spiritually to build them up to your level? Because I believe there's a lot of crazy people in the world that are on drugs and messed up and they are funny as get out. You will be hanging out with them and have a great time. But what are you doing to get them spiritually strong? That is your assignment that the Lord has predestined on your life to get them there. Why would you let them sit in the slumps where they are living right now? Bring them up. Bring them up. I watched T.D. Jakes preach this message, and he was talking about giraffes and turtles. You never see giraffes hanging out with turtles. Why? Because they're not on the same level. They're not on the same level. You have to get with people that are on the same level as you. You've got to have focus. Too many of us in this room and outside of this room struggle with spiritual ADD. That's just being real. You you don't know you don't know what you want to do. You're serving the Lord one week. The next week you 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 went to the club, so you can't wake up for church. And the next week you you're back in church trying to serve, and you say you want to be an usher, and you realize you can't stand people. And say, well, forget ushering. I'm gonna go watch the babies. And you realize you hate kids. And then you say, you know what? I'm gonna go with the youth because they grown, and you realize they crazier than ever too. And then you go from the youth to say, oh, you know what? I'm gonna work in the parking lot. And you realize it's too hot. I'm gonna wanna die. I shall live and not die. I'm going back in the church to be an usher again and then you get become an usher again you can't get along with Jeremiah and Jeremiah wants to beat you up and next thing you know you want to do camera crew and Bravon don't like you either so what are you doing in the camera crew and so you run around all over the place trying to look for where you stand why because you have spiritual ADD But come on now, how many of us know that the Lord always provides a remedy for everything that we have? And that's this Holy Spirit. That's his word. That's his truth. It's the Lord that we serve. You shall live and not die. Spiritual ADD has to die in our lives. It cannot live. It has to die. Don't lose your focus. Crazy. And I wasn't even going to go here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, The other day, I was at Westgate. We're hanging out and we were leaving. As we were leaving Westgate, I see a man sitting down on this little, like, cardboard box thing, whatever, right? He was sitting down on it, and he had a sign, hungry, need food, okay? He's sitting there. Obviously, he's homeless, he's, he's dirty, his hair's all over the place, hungry, need food, need money. And he's sitting on this box holding this sign up. And I look across the street, and I see this other man holding a Verizon wireless sign, spinning it spinning the sign, doing all kinds of stuff, flicking it up in the air, catching it with his toe, all kinds of stuff, right? And I look at the difference between the two. One has focus. They're doing the same thing, but one has focus. The one that is sitting here is begging for money, don't know what his situation may be, but he's holding a sign, and then you have someone else holding a sign, getting paid for holding a sign. Oh, you're not hearing me on today. There is a difference in focus. It doesn't matter where you are. I don't care if you are a garbage man to the president of the United States of America. You have to have focus in what it is that you do. You have to have a, a spiritual being in what it is that you're doing. Don't do nothing for free. The Lord has not called you to be broke. That lie, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or anything like that, but I believe that the Lord has called us to prosper. So you have a dude sitting on the curb with a sign saying need food, need money, and you got another dude making money with a sign, flipping it. I'm telling you all, this dude was ridiculous. I almost put it on YouTube. It was nuts. But he's, he, and, and it's the same thing but a different perspective. What is your perspective in life? What are the different things in life that you want God to do for you that somebody else is getting because they're doing more? They're doing something with a purpose. Too many of us in here work at a job that you cannot stand, but you have to stay and work there because you have certain people around you that say, this is what we do. We're going to work here for the next 20 years. Why are you tripping? Life is good. We all get Bud Lights after work and go to sleep and come back and do it again. And you're like, man, forget this. The Lord has called me for better. It is time to step out on what you believe God has called you to be. When was the last time you dreamed? Too many of us, we get to a certain age where we feel like we can't dream anymore. Where you feel like, man, I've missed my moment, I've missed my time, I, 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 I can't dream anymore. Sure, you might have missed certain things in your life, but I'm telling you right now, if you get back refocused, you start training your mind, training your spirit. Oh my Lord, the sky is the limit with the God that we serve. You don't know what he can do for you next. And you don't want to be on your deathbed wondering what if. What if I did that? What if I, what if I, what if I? Come on now, look at your neighbor and say, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. you got to have focus. you got to have focus. you got to have focus. Number three, you've got to get rooted in Jesus. Oh, come on now. You've got to get rooted in Jesus. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20. Let's go there really quick. Matthew 13, verse 20 through 23 in the message version. It says, the seed... Cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. How many of us know that person? And that person could be you. You come to church, you hear a good word, you sow a seed, and you get in the car, and and something happens. And before you know it, you have lost sight of what the message was even about. Because you're all about, you're the heat in the moment type of person. The heat in the moment type of person. Let's not be that. Let's not be that. And then it continues on. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard. That's distraction. The Lord is making a work in you right now. He's, he's, he's trying to make things happen for you right now, but you're too busy about things down the road. You're too busy about everything else. You got 10 things going right for you and two are going wrong, and you cannot get your mind off the two things that are going wrong. We've got to live in the moment. Your life will never be perfect. You are always going to have some type of issue or struggle that pops up. But we serve a God that is is for infinity, that is here, and is saying, you know what? Cast all your cares onto me. Stop being worried about silly things. Stop being stuck in, in your own depression. Stop being stuck in your own ways. Get rooted and grounded in me. I went through one of the craziest battles of depression last year. And if I told you why today, I would be lying because I have no idea why. I have a great family. I have a great church. I have a great wife. I feel like my life is good. I've got some good friends now. I'm not running around, hoeing no more. Everything is good. And so I get to this point in my spiritual walk with Jesus while teaching and preaching the word of God where I am literally depressed and don't know why. I know it's of the devil. I've prayed, I've prayed against it. I say, devil, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. You will not hold me down. And I would wake up with this same spirit on me to the point where my friends would be like, man, are you all right? What's going on? My wife would be like, are you okay? What's going on? And I would say, yo, I, I'm good. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. So peep this. I go, I go to... Uh, camp Elevate, which is a great camp out here, and I'm a counselor there, okay? And so as with me being a counselor, I take it as a big deal. I'm going to get some kids saved. This is what I do, and everything is straight. And so before the kids arrive, we have a prayer night where we have all, everybody, all the adult leaders come in, and we just pray all night, like it's four hours long. Now, I'm going to be real with y'all. Four hours of prayer for me, I can't do it. I'm not going to lie and say I just spend my time with the Lord all day. No, I'm lying. That's, that's a lie. Like, real talk. Like, I, I'm good. I can pray for a while, and I can feel the anointing, and I'm good. But I need about a good 30 minutes. And I'm like, whoo! life is good. they are like three hours and 30 minutes left. I'm like, bruh. They're trying to get that Benny Hinn anointing. To... <laughs> We're not going to go there. Anyway. <laughs> Y'all ain't right for laughing. <laughs> so I get to this point where I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord. And and I, I I I I'm on my knees and I lash out. How many of us have had an angry prayer with Jesus before? Come on now. Like, Jesus, where you been, bruh? You know what I mean? I, I I'm having an angry prayer with Jesus and I'm on my knees and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I, I have I've I've been working my tail off. I've, I've been, I've, I gave my life to you at a young age. I started preaching at 20. I, I, got, I got married. I'm about to get married. I'm 21 years old. I'd already got, I already done got engaged. And I feel all this sadness. And Lord, I feel unappreciated. And I walk off. Like he was right in front of me. Like I just, like literally, Jesus was right there and I'm like, I feel unappreciated, bruh. <laughs> and I get to this point where I feel, I feel good too. Oh, come on now, you know after that prayer, you feel good. It's kind of like back in the day when your parents would beat you and you go in the other room and cuss them out long and low. <laughs> Don't act like, some of y'all got kids, like I wish they would do that. It's they doing it, they doing it. I was smart though, I would do it in a pillow. Like i get my pillow and be like, these, you know what I mean? That's why I feel like I'm going to be the greatest dad because I'm going go to whoop him and then go to the door and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, am I? I'm a what? Kick the door open. What you say? <laughs> you ain't going to be able to trick me. <laughs> I'll trick you. I'll be in the closet like, say it again. Say it again. Say, I dare you to say it again. <laughs> Dead serious. Watch. Ask me in 20 years when they, like, 18. Yep, they good now. They understand. (laughs) All right. Anyway, good laugh break. Okay, so I, I, I tell him I feel unappreciated. I remember specifically saying unappreciated. Unappreciated. I've done everything I possibly can to serve you and I am unhappy, I am unappreciated. There's people out here smoking crack, and doing meth, and smoking weed, and I I don't do none of that, I don't do none of that. Why am I unhappy? I'm unappreciated, I feel unappreciated. And I go in the back, and I sit down, and now as they continue to pray up there, I'm chilling in the back, like I'm good. The anointing has lifted. And there's people in the front, they falling out, and they crying, and snot's coming out their mouth, and I'm like, he's not even here now. <laughs> you fakers, you know? And so I'm sitting in the back of this little chapel, and I'm chilling in the back like, bruh, it's over. So then the pastor comes up, and he goes, listen, people, I believe God's saying that we all need to go find somebody and pray with them right now. So on the back of my head, I'm like, no, So I I had an option. I was like, yo, I'm going to just go fake go to the bathroom. Just say I had some bad enchiladas. I'm going to be in there the next two hours or whatever. I don't know. And so as I'm about to get up to go, something tells me, don't move. So I stand in the back. So I'm like, I'm not going to move, but I'm going to go on my phone. So I took my phone out. I'm on Instagram, chilling, you know, put my phone away. As I put my phone away, I see this little African man. He had a red shirt and a green snapback, okay, and he's walking towards me. And I knew he was African because I heard him talking earlier and I was kind of weak about it. Don't know why. Sometimes I'm immature. I don't know. So, and that's where I'm from, kind of, if you look back in my, all right, whatever. Anyway, so, uh, (laughs) so somebody got off the boat for me to get here. Okay, listen, so I'm sitting in the back and as I'm sitting in the back, uh, this dude is approaching me. and He's coming quick. And as he's coming quick, in the back of my mind, it's like, yo, he better not be walking towards me. I'm hoping he's running to the bathroom because the bathroom was behind me. And he grabs me. He goes, can I pray for you, brother? Yeah, man. <laughs> so he starts speaking in tongues, right? Already off on the wrong foot. I'm like, I don't even know his name. Like, and he's, he starts speaking in tongues. He starts speaking in tongues. He starts speaking in tongues. And he's going. He's speaking in tongues for about three, four minutes. And as he's speaking in tongues, I feel this like, the sting come over me where the anointing is back now. My anger is gone. I'm not mad no more. I'm cool with the Lord now. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm praying with him, and, and I, I, I'm just like sitting there open. And as I'm about to open my mouth to start praying, he looks at me. He goes, hey. Now look at him, eyeball to eyeball. He goes, the Lord is telling me to tell you thank you. Thank you, my son. Thank you, my son. Thank you, my son. He said this about 20 times. By the 10th, thank you, my son. I'm like... (laughs) 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 I start bawling to the point where people are probably looking at me like, is he good? I'm, I'm in the back. And, and he's like, the Lord's telling me to tell you thank you, and, and, and I love you, and, and I thank you, and I see you, and I, I thank you for everything that you've done. He pray, he's praying the most powerful prayer, but it's not him speaking. Like, his accent left. It was, it was like the—and I, I can't make this up because I still get tears that well up in my eyes thinking about this. See, come on now. When you have a God moment, when you have a moment where you experience Jesus, oh, it's something that will stick with you. It is something that will be with you. And from that point on, I realize I have to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. I have got to get my roots down a little bit deeper so I cannot allow the enemy to have me distracted and angry for no reason. For no reason. Too many of us in the the body of Christ want to be pine trees and palm trees and rooted and grounded, standing tall, but really you're just a tumbleweed rolling anywhere the wind blows, but i cast that out right now in the name of Jesus. You will be rooted and grounded. Distraction cannot take over your life anymore. Come on, if you believe that, hop on your feet and give God a hand, praise. Come on now, distraction cannot keep you anymore. Depression cannot keep you anymore. Sickness cannot keep you anymore. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. If you're in this room right now, you say.